Steven Adams traded to the Rockets, Jalen Green rumors, Alperen Sengun did not get picked for the All-Star game, and what's wrong with the Rockets offense? I talk about all of this right now. Tap in. Enjoy. The Rockets Chop Shop is your one-stop shop for all your basketball names, for highlights, analysis, podcasts. We do it all here at the Rockets Chop Shop. Make sure you hit the like button on the videos that you watch if you enjoy them. Hit the subscribe button to get notifications from all the great drops that we have on the channel. Also, you can visit the Chop Shop merch store and get you some of the swaggiest gear in the Houston Rockets kingdom. And if you want, you know, you can always support the channel directly through donations. And if you want, you can support us through our partnerships with our sponsors. The Rockets Chop Shop is made by fans for fans. And we're going to keep rocking and keep dropping that heat. from me. This is something I know. What is up, CSGs? Welcome to another episode of the Rockets Chop Shop Pod. I got a special guest today. Now, you guys know I don't really like to uh, collab a lot. Most of my videos are ISOs, but I definitely wanted to bring my brother Mitty on because he talks the talks of the gods, which is the data. And um, Mitty just uh, launched a new site a little bit ago called Center's Culture. It is a godsend for me because uh, I'm a guy. I have about six different subscriptions to synergy, to cleaning the glass, to stat, all this stuff. And you got to dig through each team's uh, dashboard to get all the data I use for these videos that y'all love. Midi has made my life easier because on his website, everything is just right there for you to just filter and sort. Midi, what is good, brother? Nothing much, man. A lot of stuff has happened. Uh, the trade just happened with, um, uh, we literally yeah. just, we were about to write, record the podcast and the trade with Steven Adams just happened. Um, Alpi just got snubbed. They just did the the announcements. Um, we don't know if he's a reserve or not, or a wild card or whatever you want to call it. And then also um, some news about Jalen on a from a pod, uh, I guess a podcast uh, by Sam Amik. I guess they wrote the article with Kelly and whatever. But glad to be here, man. If you're not subscribed to him, please do. He's probably one of the best um, analyst analysts guys in uh, not only Rockets basketball but just in NBA general. Man, that's a, appreciate that, brother. Appreciate that. And we're both uh, Shangun truthers. If, if uh, just for all transparency, mm. me and Mitty are the <laughs> one of the few um, sane minds in in the Rockets kingdom that actually uh, understand what we're seeing when we watch basketball. But uh, nonetheless, bro, I mean, you just laid out three juicy topics. Obviously, we're going to start off with the trade. Um, I'm going to give my reactions, and I'll mm -hmm. let you kind of kick back. Personally. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of having mixed feelings about this trade right right now because it's not in a vacuum. If you look at it just as an isolated trade, what it looks like the Rockets have done is kick the can down the road one more uh, deadline. Basically, you trade mm -hmm. one injured player for another injured player with uh, the with Steven Adams being traded for VO. Uh, Steven Adams is a twelve million dollar uh, two year sa salary. So next year he being expiring VO expires this year um, as a salary. So you basically just kind of lock in that spot without possibly losing Victor Oladipo um, this year. But the cost is, is three. Uh, it was a three second round picks. Now, in a vacuum, Steven Adams, good player, you know, definitely one of the like known vets in the NBA. Um, I, I love what he does for guards he plays with. So this is a good in a vacuum. If you think he let's say he's fully healthy, you're thinking about Jalen. 
You're thinking about if he's here. You're thinking about uh, a man Thompson. You're thinking about all the guards and for a Shangun mentoring another tough international player that he possibly could gel with and give him a different look than uh, the Boban hugs that uh, we normally get in the high fives that Boban does. So somebody's actually going to teach him like different things on the court, rebounding, boxing out, kind of that tough guy approach that I think Shangun's game could definitely use. Um, but the reason we got Victor Oladipo, brother, is because um, we traded KPJ. And we traded KPJ because of KPJ's actions, and that trade cost mm-hmm. us two second-round picks. So basically, we traded KPJ to the Thunder uh, for two picks. They gave us VO, and now we're trading VO with three picks to Steven Adams. So basically, the whole KPJ situation has cost the Rockets five second-round picks. Now, as we're even recording, I was looking through my Twitter there are people that are saying, oh, it's just second round picks. If you are a listener of this channel, you think second round picks after these past few deadlines are useless, then you just don't know ball. Just just to say it plainly. I don't know if you remember, Mitty, last year, uh, last year's deadline, there were starting level wings and role players that on contenders that were being moved around for second round picks. In fact, mm-hmm. a number two overall pick, James Wiseman from the Warriors was traded for the same, and I'm not saying he's good, but the same amount of of second round picks mm-hmm. that it took for us to offload Kevin Porter Jr. Now we'll we can talk about the basketball stuff about the you know possibly in the future with Steve Nash, but what is your yeah. like view on the trade just initially as you haven't really had time to think about it? I think it's good. Um, you have you obviously just get another backup center, uh, but like you said again, like they push the the can down the road like they been doing and we have yet to see some sort of consolidation mode or uh, move for stone he's kind of just in this um like he doesn't want to make a direct decision to just make it make a big change yet um he's still kind of i guess gathering data and seeing what we what he has before he gets gets one of those contracts that are kind of like long term that the coach likes um maybe maybe it's mikhail bridges or whatever whatever down the road but they they want some I guess what I'm saying is they just they're kicking down, kicking kicking the can down the road, but I do think Stephen Adams is going to be really good for Alfie, um, and just kind of our rebounding and defense in general. We the strongest biggest guy that we have is uh, is Alfie, and he's he's a 21 year old guy. Um, and then when they kind of want to go a little bit smaller or like even just change him, Jock doesn't really do anything. Jeff is Jeff is okay, but he's 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 getting old and he's he moves like a four. A bit, and sometimes he's just sometimes he's just completely gassed on the court for whatever reason, and you got to take him out. Um, and then Jabari, Jabari's not there yet; he's twenty years old. Um, but I think I think it's going to be good for Alpi. Um, I, I think they're going to be able to work with him during, uh, I guess, during practice and uh, kind of, I guess, simulate uh, how it would be against other NBA centers and all that stuff. But um, I mean, I'm okay with the. I'm okay with the move. I'm curious whether Ime wants to play Alpi with um, with Adams. I don't think that would be the case, but you know, um, we'll see. I'm 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 okay. Like it's a it's a it's an okay trade for me. But like you said, five second round picks. Um, yeah, not not good. Yeah, I, and and now that that was from the asset standpoint, from the basketball standpoint. And like, if just assuming he comes back healthy, right? That his knees aren't pixie dust, um, that he comes back healthy and he's playable and he actually competes next year. Um, I think this is, I mean, he's a good player. Steven Adams is 
one of the best rebounders in the league um, when he is healthy and also one of the best screeners. Um, I think that's this is a dude that if you look at his track record with the guards that he's played with throughout his career, um, it's, you know, the Russes, the the John Morants and things like that. I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of these young guards really got into their own under him. And And honestly, like a good screener is a guard's best friend. And it's no wonder mm -hmm. why Jalen really thrives with Al P when Al P is like the one in the middle of his action, screening for him and things like that. Um, now, as far as play style, like to me, I wanted somebody a little more athletic um, that's able to kind of run because I like what we were doing with the second unit, um, having kind of because our, our main first unit, even though they can run in pace, they're going to be a half court team and which is yeah. perfectly fine. And I, I don't I do not mind that because um, to me, half court is a playoff style. And if you're good at it in a regular season, that usually translates well into the playoffs. The teams that are exactly. yeah, teams that are pace teams in the playoffs, they either struggle or their pace slows down to a halt. Like at some point you have to get comfortable playing at a sub uh, 100 pace uh, in the NBA. And I'm, I'm OK with that being our brand. But I did like the, the counter punch of bringing a man Thompson, Cam Whitmore off the bench. And they may be still be able to do that with additional players that they bring in. Um, but, um, I, you know, I, I just I wanted a different type of center. But as a player, I think I do value uh, what he brings him and LP together to me, though. I, I just really don't see that. I, the spacing mm -hmm. to me is, is not there and he's not dynamic enough as an offensive player to really uh, or or honestly, as a defensive player as well, to really kind of uh, make that work, in my opinion, unless you think Shangun takes a, a leap as far as with his mobility on both ends of the court. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with that. Um yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think it would be actually that much of a great um, I guess duo if if they're playing playing on the same um, I guess on the same lineup. Um, Alpi would probably need to get a three point shot or something in the summer, and also be a little bit more mobile. Um, though you, you did bring up a good point about uh, Stephen Adams being good for the guards, and I think that's absolutely true. Uh, he's one of the best. He's actually absolutely one of the best screeners in the NBA. Um, and he, he has been for a while, um, during his time at OKC, his time, at, uh, with the Grizzlies. I think he played for the Pelicans as well, but, he did. Uh, he did. yeah, yep. yeah. He, he, he really, I mean, and you talk to other NBA players and a lot of their comments on, uh, Steven Adams that you try to like, you try to like, if, if he's screening you and you, you're like, you're on defense and you hit him, it's just like, it's, it's a stone right. wall and you, yeah. you get hurt. You get hurt a lot of the times, and it's it's not easy to play against him. Um, but he's going to be great for obviously pick and rolls, and um, like. But he's also not not the most mobile, um, and I, I do think that Ime likes to have a couple liners where he can he can switch everything, and that's where Jabari yeah. comes in at the five. Um, so yeah, I mean we'll see. Um, it's it's just you know another one of those things where it's just like we gotta we gotta wait a little bit. It's nothing. Um, nothing, I guess, right now that we can, you know, right. I guess. Yeah, yeah, mess with. And, and obviously he's hurt, so he has a knee injury, so he's not going to play this season, guys. So it's going to be next year. So look, looking at the contracts, I wrote them down, that are left. So the Rockets, well, so Oladipo is off the, off the table. Um, We still have Jeff Green at $9.6 We still have Jock Londell at $8 million. We still have Tate at six point five. Bullocks and Holiday together combined about $5 million. Altogether, I mean, aggregated, that's $29 million in salary. Um, 
And uh, kind of pivoting over to the to the to the next story that we're going to talk about with Jalen Green, um, Sam Mamick from The Athletic, just uh, they wrote a piece kind of describing which everybody kind of heard about the piece. But in the podcast uh, that he basically kind of expounded on it more, saying that specifically that the Rockets do not view Jalen as a like a centerpiece uh, of the core going forward. And they're willing to have discussions about moving him and chasing a star. Um, and what I think we now have learned is that, you know, we have this breakout season from Shangun, who is clearly a foundational piece for what they're doing. And I'll be honest, and not to like hit the rewind button too much, but man, like the, the Steven Silas era was obviously just one of those that will kind of be forgotten as they pivoted, you know, during the, the post-hardened time. But I will say that, you know, Sangoon and what he is now compared to the kind of the party he had of the program under Silas is just vastly different. And Ime has pulled that out of him. I think he deserves credit for that. Um, but Jalen Green is was the focus of the story that that uh, Kelly and Shabs and I put together. And essentially that that uh, he's just he's not seen internally as the building block uh, and that they have been open to not only talking about him, but looking at bigger names. They're star hunting, so to speak, which to me was shocking. I'm not going to lie. Um, and not even shocking that they may think that, but it's shocking that it leaked. And somebody actually gave him that in a story, which is really weird um, to me, to me, that that is weird to me. If you throw his contract in there, they have up to $38 million uh, to, I guess, chase a star that they want or maybe a, a, a semi-star in somebody else. Do you think in this trade deadline, like what is your view on what the Rockets should do with the assets they still have left? Is, do you Are you go, go in on something big right now or are you looking at still kind of assessing where, where the team needs to go uh, from here? Well, absolutely. Assessing where the team needs to go. You, if I, I don't think you should trade Jalen Green at all this deadline. Um, and, I, and like you said, like he's on a rookie contract. You said it before that mm -hmm. those rookie contracts are very valuable and you get to decide what they do because they also always end in an, in an RFA, a restricted free agency. So you control wherever he goes. If somebody wants to pay him big bucks and you, you get to make the decision where you want to pay him big bucks or you let him go. My personal opinion about Jalen Green is just, you know, let him go to RFA and let him, uh, let him get that contract, uh, if he actually, you know, performs well. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing is, and I think we're going to get into this in the offense, uh, section of this, but it's, it's shooting. <laughs> we yeah. need shooting. We're, we're one of the worst shooting, te shooting teams in the NBA by far. Um, we are, and then also I'll talk about this in offense as well, but we're one of the lowest spot up, uh, shooting, like in frequency. We don't spot up as many other teams. We're 28th in spot up attempts, um, a spot up percentage. So there's, there's a lot of work that we need to, and that there's, that's also because Emei doesn't want to really trust the shooters and there's other ways of scoring. It depends on other things. That's another subject, but we need shooters. Um, I like Malcolm Brogdon, but I think, uh, I feel like, uh, Portland is starting to get his, um, kind of be happy with what he provides them and maybe provides them with veteran leadership as well as just production in general. Um, so there's Malcolm Brogdon. Um, there's a couple others. I'm not remembering off the top of my head, but that's the first thing that comes to, comes to my mind. Um, it's, you know, the, this is, uh, if, if, if we want to get LP and like all these other guys, Jabari, Tari, um, everyone, everyone on the young core, like experience, even Jalen, you need, you, you want to make the plan, you got to get shooters. That's the first thing. Um, backup center, I, I, I wouldn't mind a backup center. Uh, we already spent the money or I guess we spent the assets to get one, but 
Um, that would be that would be nice to have a third center in the rotation, a center that you could play right now. Um, but no, yeah, those are those are my thoughts on that. Yeah, this. I mean, I think with the move to um, get Stephen Adams, they still could like theoretically get either somebody that's um, on the just a vet minimum or a guy. Mm -hmm. Like Bismarck Biombo is still out there. Exactly. Reunite him and Stephen Adams. Get the whole uh, Memphis uh, discarded front court from them. Um, and you know, there's other guys you can get off the the scrap heap just to put a body that isn't Jock Landale, which would mm -hmm. be a uh, a thousand percent improvement, right? Um, I call Jock the human white flag. Every time I see him checking the game, I'm like, ah, right, yeah, game over. <laughs> We're giving up. Exactly. But, but yeah, I definitely agree. I think. Um, that I'm with you on like what we should do. And you've seen my videos. Like, I don't think that even this has nothing to do with Jalen Green, whether you hate mm -hmm. him or love him, strictly just being a prudent team. You don't want to just give him away for a player that may or may not move the needle for you mm -hmm. when you still have the small, even if it's a very slight chance of it happening, that he could actually turn out to be really good. Um, exactly. There are a lot of things he's still, you know, obviously the last few games showing that there are some things that he could bring to the table. Personally, um, even with his success in the last few games, I do think these are things that are sustainable. Um, mm -hmm. I still think there's a big gap as to where he needs to be in order for him to justify being like a centerpiece for a team. Um, the scoring, like the numbers do not move me. I look at his aggression, the play styles, him obviously attacking the rim, driving, getting to the free throw line, those type of things. Um, the, the thing that I'm not seeing yet, though, and Calvin Murphy alluded to this in the last postgame uh, against the Pelicans is that when he scores, it's in a, it's in a vacuum. Like it doesn't really, I mean, he had a nice skip pass, which was very nice to see, but his scoring yet hasn't yet reached the point where it's leveraging his gravitas to produce for the team. And mm -hmm. to me, that's the mark of a star. That's why I'm high on Shangun. Um, that's why I'm, uh, you know, guys like Luca, the Trey Youngs, like scoring in itself is, is a very useful skill, but it's one of the most meaningless to winning basketball mm -hmm. games. Um, can you score and then can you bend the defense and then can you generate offense out of that? Um, I have not seen that production from him. That may take years for him to get that. Um, and, and so all the numbers and stuff are great. I love the rebounding, love the driving. Um, uh, mm -hmm. but all that to say, I still think the kid has a chance to be special. Even though it's it's not like the level of special that I thought initially, I thought he'd be like one of the greats. But even not, uh, if, if he's not Kobe Bryant, I mean, he still has a chance to be a great starting two guard in the NBA. And I think when you have a player like Shangun, um, him just being an above average guard could be enough, like for us, especially mm -hmm. if you can get him uh, on on a cheap deal uh, going forward. I did want to also touch on real quick with the with the. Um, I know we're going to talk about the offensive play styles and all, all the stuff that they do um, with, with um, Alperin Shangun uh, right now uh, with the all-star thing, they did take him off the uh, he's not on the reserves, right? He, he is, he's not voted on, even though he had the ability to be on there uh, to me, the, the numbers don't back it up. My argument as to why I'm okay with it. The Rockets suck, right? Cause you can't yeah. be a 11, 12 seed and you got guys that are like second, third and fourth seeds and say that you're an all-star. So I'm, I'm perfectly fine. What, what is, what is your uh, initial reaction to the Shangun all-star uh, snub, yeah. even though he was balling out? I mean, like it's, it's the thing is it's, it's impressive that he even got into this conversation in the first place. That's what I care about the most is that he was in the conversation. People were talking about him. Um, people were even upset that he snubbed. I'm, I'm a, obviously Rockets fans were upset. There's other people around the league 
Um, I saw on Twitter a little bit some uh, <laughs> right. media folks <laughs> weren't weren't uh, weren't really happy about that. But anyways, I mean, it, it's important that he's just in the conversation and um, and that that he, he's he's making something he's he's making something sustainable for the future. Uh, I, I think he can pr- continue this production um, later on uh, next next year for, for and he's only he's only twenty one. I think he's about to turn twenty two in July, but. Um, I'm not that upset about it because uh, I saw I kind of saw this coming. But um, like I said, it's just awesome that he was in the conversation. Now pivoting over to the actual <laughs> offense, which was going to be the main topic of what we talked about before these stories came out. Um, the Rockets are in a, like I mean, I, I every game I watch the Rockets, they come out and they it seems like try to get other players involved. And a lot of times it's going to be uh, Jalen Green. They try to get him going early. He does a lot of um, kind of just pick and roll, coming off the screen, attacking downhill, um, or just attacking in isolation. Um, then another game, it may be Jabari. Maybe it's Fred trying to get a shot. Then in the second half, it's like a different offense. I have not seen one unifying quality about this offensive system that Coach Adoka is is running for the Rockets. And it, if I had a criticism for him, and I've been very, you know, complimentary of, of email Doka, but I've been severely disappointed. Like this, this, what we're seeing offensively, I know the guys are bad and you're going to definitely, we're going to talk about the shooting woes. But to me, with the players you have, there's so much he's leaving on the table as far as trying to maximize everyone's talent. Um, I put a tweet out that says using the way the Rockets use Alpern Shangun is like somebody putting regular gas in a Lamborghini. Like you have a player that has that much gravity. And you're reducing him to just a pick and roll, roll man. Um, that is a, a huge, huge shame. Um, I think that I, it seems like some, they like they stumbled onto Shangun this season. And it kind of goes back to, um, what Sam and Emic, uh, you know, we were listening to part of the pod earlier where he talked about how he wasn't really a, a priority in the Silas era. And now it's like mm-hmm. Emic came here. It's like, I don't know if you guys, if you ever worked at like at a restaurant, where you got you come in after somebody else and you got it like damn they, they didn't do nothing like this one those things were like Shangun like you like damn he's this good and he's just been sitting here so we're watching him do all this screening and all this kind of random stuff that is for worse players Holiday some nights Fred and it's it's hella frustrating bro because like you're gonna point out and I've been looking at some of these stats for the past few years running and spamming pick and rolls. Um, with a guard like Fred Van Vliet that has no natural uh, uh, leverage over the defense. It's kind of stupid. And the fact that they're mm-hmm. even middle of the pack efficiency as a pick and roll with uh, Shangun being the heavy part of the the that scoring punch in there is impressive. You know what I mean? And not saying I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm low on Fred Van Vliet, but even for me, I, I think that they're not even using him properly. Like he's, they're just spamming, the same actions and it's not resulting in good offense. It's really ugly. I completely agree. I th- I think that uh, Ime went into the training camp as maybe thinking, oh, Jalen's our guy or someone else is our guy. Like we got to get these people involved. Fred's going to be our main guy. Dylan's going to be our main guy or whatever you want to call it. He stumbled the training camp with a, with a, maybe a plan and, and started kind of basic for everybody. He kind of throughout the season noticed that LP is that guy. Alpi's that guy that you can kind of create an offense around. You can put, you can put players around him. Um, you can build a, build an offense around him, but you have to 
you have to build around the defense, obviously, because he has limitations on that. And also, I think, uh, by the way, I just think uh, players get better at defense as they get older. Uh, it's yeah. just, I, I think, I think he's going to be fine in that department. I don't really have that much concerns. But the offense, um, like you said, it's kind of a kind of a disgrace. Um, like, if you if you look at the top five pick and roll uh, usage numbers in in the NBA, the top five teams that run pick and roll the most. It's the Charlotte Hornets, the Chicago Bulls, the Portland Trailblazers, the Houston Rockets, and the Detroit Pistons. And then what do all those teams have in common? They're ranked bottom 10 in offensive rating. So they're, um, they're terrible. They're terrible offensive yeah. teams and they, they rely on the pick and roll because they don't have the creativity to do anything else. Um, and also not even that we're, we're, uh, we're about 27th in spot up shooting. Um, frequency in the NBA. So we're not even, I, I, at this point, I don't, I'm not sure if it's image just, um, lack of creativity, which I don't think it is, but I think it's also a lot due to the personnel. Um, but we're also, we're also, um, about bottom 10 in off ball screens and and DHOs and handoffs. Um, if you want to see, if you want to see more, um, you want to see more off-ball movement. You want to see people running around, especially when Shingen has the ball. And they've been kind of doing this, especially in the Lakers game when Alpi had the ball. Oh, you had, you had guards, you had guards, everybody running around, setting screens for each other, and getting open shots. And that's that's what I love. That's and I, I tweeted that I said, by the way, this is how this is how you play Alper and Shingen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also one of our one of our biggest lowest numbers, um, which which actually kind of like flew out of my radar. But we're on on cuts, on scoring off the of cuts. We're twenty fifth in frequency. So, and and then if you look at the teams that are actually like you know that have the playmaking big, uh, such as Sabonis, Jokic, uh, the, the the um, I guess yeah, like uh, the Denver Nuggets and the Sacramento Kings. In those categories, in uh, off ball screening, they are. Let me pull up the numbers. Yeah, in DHOs and handoffs, they're top three. They're top three in those usage, yeah. and they're also top three in cuts. Um, and they they don't have they're they're very low in pick and roll. They don't use pick and roll. They have they have a very advanced offense. And maybe it's because we start base start from basic and we start from pick and roll. But at a certain point during the season, you you want to see that off ball movement. You want to see people actually um, getting open shots. Now it's also the personnel. You need shooters to do that. So uh, we're gonna see what what uh, Ime does with. Um, hopefully some uh, new people in the building that can actually uh, shoot the basketball. Let me, let me give you a stat um, that I've been following. So the Rockets have been top five in pick and roll frequency since uh, 2021, since like the, the Jalen's rookie year. Right. Yeah. In that period, we've been the worst corner three frequency team in in the league three years in a row. And even into Ime's uh, era, the reason that's significant when you are running a pick and roll, one of the uh, defensive um, kind of principles in guarding the pick and roll is to stop the big man from rolling while the drop big, usually most teams run a drop. So, and this is kind of ties into the Shangun um, quote unquote defensive issues. Um, when you have a big man in a drop, let's say Alpi's in a drop mm-hmm. and let's say Anthony Simons has uh, Aiden screening for him. Aiden sets the screen. Anthony comes off the screen. Right now, Shangun is waiting for Fred or Jalen to get around Aiden's body to get back into position to um, guard Anthony. As 
that screen happens, Aiden starts to roll. Shangun, if he's playing a deep drop, has to keep both two men in front of him. At the same time, depending on who the player that has the ball is, if it's a shooter, you can't completely drop too deep. So you have to yeah. kind of play too. And a lot of times when he struggles, it's against those type of players that are shooting threats, not just driving. If it's a driving threat, he can just kind of cheat over to the big and sell yeah. out to stop that. If it's a shooting threat, there's about two or three guys in the NBA that are long enough to be able to contest or at least fake contest on a, a good shooter or, or a guard that's dynamic and still have enough length to peel back and disrupt the lob. And he is definitely not one of them. How teams, comp, uh, you know, how they, uh, they, they counter that on defense, whoever is on the weak side is supposed to come down and yes. pre-roll and tag, you know, the term mm-hmm. tag that big man. And then their job is to hold that big man from getting a dunk until either your big man gets back into position or if he never does and has to switch out, mm-hmm. you have to then split tagging that big man and your assignment in the corner. So what that does, all that to say, on elite pick and roll teams, you generate a lot of corner threes because if you have a dynamic guard, you have a good lob threat, then you're putting that defense in a bind. More often than not, that tag has to come or it's going to be lobs, exactly. lobs on your head. We saw this with James Harden. That's why P.J. Tucker got paid, right? This is how P.J. Tucker made his money, shooting corner threes, one of the, the corner three maestro. Why was he so open from the corner? Because Clint Capella and James Harden were reigning terror on opposing defenses. If you cannot generate corner threes out of a pick and roll, then what you are doing is playing in a box. And basically, mm-hmm. our two-man game for the Rockets is Fred and Alpi and the, against the rest of the defense. Yeah. And I don't know. I could blame Fred for that because Fred's vision in the pick and roll, to me, for a guard as good as he is, is bad. He doesn't really read the game. And the other aspect of that is, who is he kicking it out to, bro? Jay Sean Tate in the corner. <laughs> Jeff Green. A man Thompson yeah. in the slot. Like... So this goes back to what you're saying about the roster being just bad. Like we just need some adequate shooting, not even great. Like um, I posted this yesterday. The Rockets are currently, as we speak, last 15 games, the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA. Yeah. Just flat out. No rates, just 31%. 31%. The worst free throw shooting team. We're also the worst team on wide open threes in the NBA. That's crazy. <laughs> Four spots lower than the Detroit Pistons, bro. <laughs> That's crazy. Wide open threes. Wide open. That's listen, bro. Wide open. Not the open. This the one where the defender is six feet away. Yeah. So so this is what we're dealing with. Like so. For me, the assessment on this on Alpern Shangun's play and his effectiveness, it just kind of ties back into why I think that. He needs to be like, to me, at this point, I'm building my team to compliment him. In this era, I've already seen enough data from him to know that this is a um, a guy that he's going to be, If maybe he's not the centerpiece, but he is a centerpiece within this thing because his skill set is dynamic. I think right now he just needs somebody on the perimeter to match that. Is it Jalen? Is it somebody? Is it a man? We don't know yet. But um, yeah, th- those numbers are jarring. Let me ask you, what do you think, aside from just getting shooters, I know you alluded to it with some of the Sacramento and the Denver uh, teams. What what play style do you think would would like with what we have? Maybe add a couple shooters here that they can realistically transition to um, over time. That you know, obviously, we're not going to be running the triangle or anything or or the warrior style motion. But what is something that you would like to see them kind of do 
uh, with him and some of the guards on the team? Um, I mean, you have two options. You have um, you have Jalen on the roster, and you could already start doing it with uh, the DHL's handoffs. And interestingly enough, we kind of did that during the Salas era, and that that kind of it was it was a little effective. Like you, you got you got some Jalen buckets here and there, and also um, Alpi would pick and pop, and then also maybe pass it out to somebody else. Um, but I do like, I do like what Denver's doing. Um, I kind of would want to emulate them a little bit more than Sacramento. Sacramento is like, um, like all gas, no breaks. They're, they're a fast yeah, team. They yeah. got De'Aaron Fox, um, yeah. Sabonis. He's, he's aggressive, extremely aggressive. And, um, I don't think, I don't know their pace, but I'm, I'm sure they're, um, they're, they're just a fast team, fast, aggressive team. Denver is, the definition of what you call the half court offense. They get everyone in motion. You have shooters all around you. Um, and then you also have just a, like a week on this on defense. You have Aaron Gordon who can kind of hit threes, but also he's, he's just a great, um, he's a great inverse pick and roll with option with, uh, Jokic. And I haven't even seen that. I want to see like, um, I know Jabari's kind of, he's not like grown into it, but I would want to see an inverse pick and roll with Jabari and Alpi at some point in time where Alpi's the, the ball handler and Jabari's like the role, the screener. that pick and yeah, pop, yeah. right? Yeah, exa- exactly. I, I, if, I, like, you know, if you notice that to me, I was saying this when Al P drives like downhill, he's one of the like best drivers to get into the basket in the league. Exactly. Yeah. In the league. He, he has, um, he, has yeah, he has, he has the, uh, I did a stat um, on drives. Uh, I think drives percent points percentage, like points per drive, basically. Um, if you if you basically filtered it out by more than 250 drives, Alpi's ranked fourth. So you have players like Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's like a 98%. He he every time he drives, he gets points some way or another. Um, Jason Tatum, uh, I think someone else was on a couple other people, but they were all like in that tier one caliber. So he's he's already putting a mark um, that he he's he's one of the best guys in. Um, in the role, like as as a as a driver or in the role, um, but I, I really, I really think we're doing him a disservice. And you know, I think it's also could be due to um, personnel. Uh, I do have a stat yeah. from twenty twenty two where, because um, I I do think Udoka is capable of doing this. Um, in twenty twenty two, when he coached the Celtics, I think the Celtics had um, they had a they're one of the best teams in terms of. Um, yeah, they're one of the best teams in terms of um, off-ball screens and um, and spot-up shots. The top, top, yeah, like a top yeah. five, I think, but not pick and roll frequency, like frequency-wise, right, not pick right, and roll. Yeah. But they did all that and even cuts. So I think I think Yudoka is co- capable. It's just that we don't have the personnel. That's that's the reason why I believe I think Yudoka is the coach, um, but we just haven't been seeing it yet. And it's it's because uh. it's because we just don't have the personnel. I'm, I'm praying you're right. And I think what you're alluding to, uh, the Celtics were top five in spot ups. They were top five in spot up percentage, spot up frequency. Um, mm-hmm. they're also top five in three point attempts. So I did a video on Coach Adoka's, like his coaching, like his play styles. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing is not what I imagined. That's why I'm yep. just really, really disappointed. Um, and it's, it's kind of odd because one thing I know his offense does is generate threes. And yeah. honestly, we, we generate threes, um, at a d- middle of the pack rate. So even with all the troubles we have, I mean, our guys are getting open shots. They just can't hit them. You talked exactly. about Denver. 
I'm looking on um, on on the site on Sensors Culture. That's gonna, the link is for that site is going to be in the description for this podcast. So y'all check it out. It's really easy. But and I love real quick. I love how you put the rankings next to the the measure. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't even have to filter it out. I already know where they rank amongst the different things. That that's definitely different. Love that. Um, so Denver, you look at their play styles, uh, the offensive frequency on that. They are uh, number six in off screens, number three in DHOs. Uh, they're also number three in off cuts. And interestingly enough, number one in post-ups, which to me is the perfect profile for a team that has a dominant post player. Um, a pick and roll, in my opinion, is a guard. Like if I had a Luka Harden, I'm going to spam the pick and roll because – you're basically making that guard, the savant, the, the the brain that's running that pick and roll. They are supposed to be able to see the entire court, all four other players, and make the best decision for your team to score every single time. That is not the case with Fred Van Fleet, sadly. <laughs> so I, I, I'm I, I'm thinking that you know the Rockets, not that Alpi, I don't I don't really care about him posting up, but what we're talking about is him getting it at different spots on the court where you can run the guards off of that. And then uh, even like with Sabonis, how they use Sabonis, how he gets all these assists is that the off balls and the off screen movements from guys like Keegan Murray, who come off those screens flying. Those are the easiest assists that you can get where you just bounce the ball, guy picks it up and shoots. I think Jabari can do that inside the three point line. Um, I think Jalen can get some DHOs um, inside the arc where he can get to the basket and get a drive even at the top of the key. And one thing we don't see Alp gets to do is slip screens, right? If you start running yeah. enough DHOs, just like Sabonis, that's how he gets a lot of his easy buckets, is that you fake a handoff and slip out, and now you got the ball and a defender is caught off guard. It's just a lot of uh, a lot of hard – it's just like, to me, more of the Silas era offense, really disappointing in that. Yeah, yeah really disappointing. Man, appreciate you, dog, for coming through um, to pod with us. Once again, it's at Mitty on, on Twitter – the website is Centers Culture for y'all, all you stat heads. I know some of y'all on the channel um, have your own channels. Check out the website. Um, show them support. Uh, and, and also, you say you're going to add a, a player's version, right? I know you have the team rankings up, but Future State is going to be like um, where you have all the player ratings and all that stuff up in the same way, correct? Absolutely. And I'm also adding a matchup. So you know how you got the matchup data for Anthony Davis versus uh, LP, and LP kind of like defended really well against that. So I'll have that for every single game where you'll see the best defense against the like the worst like defender I guess or I guess the worst off off offense person and then the mm-hmm. best uh, offense against the worst defense and then you'll have like you get you'll have a list of them and then you'll have the like the single matchups and then against the whole team so there's a lot coming um, I I want like I want this to be free I want everyone everyone to be able to see it and this is honestly how I uh, how I do my analytics it's ex- this is what I look at. I look at this screen. I don't look at anything else. Um, there's it, there's just so much valuable data that NBA gives you for free, and I'm just yeah. aggregating it and uh, making it better. And also, I might go into predictions later. But right now, it's it's awesome. I appreciate it, though. No, I appreciate you. We, we're gonna. I'm definitely gonna have you back more because, like I said, we're speaking the same language. But I uh, appreciate you, bro. Um, shout out to all the Chop Shop listeners. If you're new to the channel, hit the subscribe button. If you like this video, hit the like button. Keep rocking with the Chop Shop. We're going to keep dropping that. Bye.